0: and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life.
1: This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. And it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. Seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. So I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. are in this series on the truth about money we've been in this series all year the lord led me into this last december and little did we know what a challenge 2020 would be financially for the united states of america but it's not been a challenge for us this church in 37 years has not had a a fatter more prosperous and more blessed year than 2020 Hallelujah. hallelujah Our two launching texts are Matthew 6.21, where Jesus said, Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So the title this morning is The Money Myth. And if you'll get this, you'll be on your way. This is fundamental. This is total, absolute, basic, fundamental Word of Faith stuff. I love it. Jesus said, in Luke 6:38, give, and it shall be given unto you. a good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Oral Roberts used to say, the hole you give through is the whole you receive through. Jesus is saying that when we give it will be given back to us. Not only will God give to us, but men. Whether they know it or not, will be God-inspired to be generous with us. They won't even know why they're doing what they're doing. They won't even know why they're giving you the promotion or the raise. Because it's God at work on your behalf. And then we have a quote from Jesus in the book of Acts that is not in any of the four Gospels. Makes it very unusual. Acts 20, verse 35. Jesus said... It is more blessed to give than to receive. Say it out It is more blessed to give blessed than, than, to than, than to receive. What Jesus was saying is it's more productive to give than to receive. It's more productive to give than to receive. For what we receive is not multiplied, but only what we give. When we live small, need-based lives as Christians, receiving something... Receiving a blessing is a big deal. Such people have so many needs that any small gift thrills them and makes a big difference. For people who live small, need-based lives, it is a joy to receive. For these folks, only occasionally do they experience the same joy as by giving as they do when receiving. For most people, their life experience would prove to be the opposite of what jesus said to most people it would seem to be more blessed to receive than to give but jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive and what he meant was it is more productive to give than to receive giving was the lifestyle of the lord jesus christ yet This idea runs counter to the thinking of a great many Christians. Why is giving necessary? The farmer who plants a crop must give to the earth. He must sow seed, otherwise he will harvest only weeds. The seed he gives to the earth will be multiplied back to him, a far greater return than the amount he planted why is giving necessary only what you give god can god multiply back to you again this old world out here is filled with takers not givers and frankly too many christians are takers and not givers they come to a church like this and hear a sermon here or hear us receive an offering and they go nuts why is that 1 Corinthians 2.14, 1 Corinthians 2.14, but the natural man receiveth not. And I love that translation of 1 Corinthians 2.14 because that is an active rejection of the word of God. The, The natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. They go nuts because either they are not saved Or they have made no effort to train their recreated human spirit by hearing the word of God, believing the word of God, confessing the word of God, and taking action on the word of God. In other words, even if they are Christians, even if they are Christians, they are word deniers. They receiveth not the things of God found in the word of God. And his word deniers they have subscribed to the lie of the devil I call the money myth and that's the title this morning the money myth in the successful lifestyle pattern workbook I refer to what I call the money myth let's look at it let's go to Mark chapter 14 you understand there were 16 chapters in the book of Mark so when we're chapter 14 we're toward the end of the life of Jesus Mark 14 3 while he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of a man named Simon the leper A woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? My, 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 sounds just like the faith critics. It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. So, what was she doing? She was giving into the anointing. She did what she could, verse 8. Jesus still speaking, she did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And here we are telling her story again. Verse 10, then Judas Iscariot, one of the 12, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. So when... Did Judas go to the chief priest to betray the Son of Man? Let me run this by you. This is the money myth. When, when, when did Judas go to the chief priest to betray the Son of Man? When envy and jealousy manifested themselves in his life. Verse 11. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. So he watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over. So what was this really about? It wasn't about the poor. It was about money. The religious leaders promised Judas what? Money. They promised him money. It was about the money. So from this account, in Mark chapter 14, we can see the money myth clearly. From verse 3, what kind of perfume was this? Very expensive perfume. From verses 4, 5, and 10... Who was indignant and why? Some of those present, but especially Judas. They said it was a waste of money. You have to understand, we ignore criticism, but when it comes from the ranks of our employed, we fire them. Because when you have an employee criticizing you on money, that's a Judas. And I look around, nearly every time I'm in the building, I look around and I see p- people doing things and I, I say to myself, I did that, I did that, I did that. I, I, I taught children's church, I drove a bus, I brought kids to church, I did summer day camp, I was a song leader. I mean, nearly any activity that I see going on, I look around and I say, I did that, I did that, I did that. But you don't start at the top in any endeavor. You start at the bottom in any endeavor. And it's your talents, your gifts, but more than that, your calling and anointing that causes somebody to rise up through the ranks. Amen. 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 Now I see some Christmas guests. So let me uh, let me just say some things as led by the Holy Spirit. You have to understand, I don't care about money.
0: Amen.
1: I mean, I've had as much as a half million dollars given to me personally. I didn't fall down, suck up, genuflect. You know, I said, thank you very much. Because see... It's when people live small lives that receiving is a big thing. Let me run this by you. It's when people live small lives that receiving is a big thing. I said, was it last Sunday or two Sundays ago, that when a gift is given, it's not about the recipient. It's about the giver. See, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. So when the Lord puts it in my heart, you know, we, we gave money to a, a, an evangelist couple that had lost uh, a child born alive, then died to help with their expenses in that situation because, because the child was born alive, then died. You don't just have funeral expenses, you got hospital expenses. And the Lord led me to do that. The Lord led me to give this nice young couple in Rochester, New York, pioneering a church money to help them pay their building off as led by the Lord it's not about the recipient it's about the giver it's about being led by the Holy Spirit of God it's about can the Lord count on you to do what the Lord is leading you to do because the Lord can replace the money the money doesn't matter now see to to someone living a small life that is heretical but this is the money myth see if God is alive, and if God is who the Word of God says God is, and if the Word of God is true, why would I worry about money? Why would I worry about a virus? Why would I worry about anything? See, if God is alive and the Word of God is true, all I've got to do is be a doer of the written Word first and then be a doer of the leading of the Holy Spirit of God, second, and then trust him that he'll, he'll just, he won't just cover me, he won't just replace it, he'll multiply it. Amen. I'd rather not get into that, but I'm going to. Um, I have to share with you certain things along the way because what's happening is I'm, I'm pulling so far ahead I have to give you opportunity to emulate, otherwise it wouldn't be fair. So the Lord spoke to me two years back, and he said, son, he said, if the people of your church would just tithe on the gains on their retirement accounts, it would wipe out the debt on the property. See, if, if you have a gain, you owe a tithe on the gain. Now, you can can do mental gymnastics all you want to, but the fact of the matter is, I tithe on gains. And if you sit on gains and you don't tithe on the gains, you're you're not hindering Faith Christian Center, you're hindering you. The second thing is, there's another level in God where where the money doesn't matter. Now, I realize... I'm out there. I realize that I'm talking past a lot of folks right here, but I have to, to be faithful to you so that as I pull further and further ahead, you were given opportunity to take action on a higher concept, and this is it. Now, I, I was looking at photos from 1978. We, I discovered it was kind of a long story, but I, we had some photos missing from my hard drive, And so we we, we looked some of those up, got them replaced. And I'm looking at those old photos and I, oh my gosh, it's just my nature. I zoom in on my watch and I'm thinking, oh my Lord. And then I zoom in on my shoes and I'm thinking, oh my Lord. And I zoom in on my, I mean, it's just my nature. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we came a long way. When my father passed away in 1993, he left specific instructions with my mother on how he wanted to be buried. And in my life, in those days, this was very expensive. I mean, you know, they they make caskets and they paint them to look like copper. But he specified he wanted to be buried in a copper casket. And And you have to understand, to me, in 1993, that was a lot of money. But we just did what he wanted. And so then when my mom passed away, of course... The Holy Spirit's right there. What are you going to do? Because, see, the first commandment with a promise is, honor your father and your mother that it may go well with you all the days of your life and that you may live long on the earth. Yeah, but COVID, nobody's going to be there. Yeah, but COVID, and, you know, most people, they couldn't tell a painted-looking copper casket from a real copper casket. Satan's talking all the time. And a lot of you have not advanced financially, mightily, and forcefully because you have not forced yourself to separate out the the sayings of Satan versus the sayings of the Holy Spirit. Let me pause there, give you an example. So we're doing church Wednesday night. She passed away. And so then I find out about this when I get home. And the Holy Spirit said to me, you're, I mean, uh, Satan said to me, you're alone now. They're both gone. I said, you're so stupid. I said, how can I be alone? I have the Father. I have the Son. I have the Holy Spirit. I have Sue. I have Austin. I have Christina. I got seven grandchildren. And I just stood there just minutes ago in the fellowship atrium of that church and shook hands and hugged necks of people wishing me a happy birthday and Merry Christmas. I, I said, You're so stupid. How do you live in heaven and get thrown out? I said, that's my family, the family of God at Faith Christian Center. That's my fam- Those are my brothers. Those are my sisters. I'm not alone. You know, but, but my point is you gotta separate Satan out from the Holy Spirit, because Satan's talking all the time. And he's like one of these politicians. How do you know when Satan's lying? His lips are moving. And so, you know, I just, I told my family, I said, man, I'm just going to do what it takes. And I don't care what it costs because I explained to my family, this is the next level I'm talking about. Another level I'm talking about. The only thing that matters to me is when I step out the front door tomorrow morning, that there's nothing between me and God. That's it. That's, see, the money doesn't matter. The money doesn't matter. Well, Pastor, you're nuts if you say money doesn't matter. Money doesn't matter. You know, on the 22nd, we had the Christmas stars. So we get out there, we're looking at it. You could barely see it because there was this haze. We've had this haze in the sky the last few days. That's what I'm talking about. When I go out tomorrow morning, when I open that door and I step out tomorrow morning, see, in other words, the Christmas star was there, but you couldn't hardly see it because of the haze. So when I step out that door tomorrow morning, I don't want anything between me and the Lord. Do you see where I'm coming from? That's all that matters. The dollars, that doesn't matter. I'm talking about another level, and I have to be honest with you and share these things with you because, you know, the Lord's been blessing. I said the Lord's been blessing. See, the money myth. Yeah, but that could have been given to the poor. He didn't care about the poor. Who did did Judas care about? Talk to me. Who did Judas care about? Judas. Judas. Because he sold Jesus out for what? Money. For money. I'd be very careful about opening my mouth and criticizing any evangelical minister and their use on money. Tell your neighbor, don't be a Judas. Don't be a Judas. Tell the neighbor on the other side, don't be a Judas. And you know, I learned a great lesson about 25 years back. You know the lesson I learned about 25 years back? The biggest critics have the least invested. That's right. Say it out loud. The biggest critics, the biggest critics have, the have the least invested. That's how I handled my father. Now, I'm not recommending you handle your family this way, but I used to tell my father, uh, ain't none of your money invested here? So you don't have a voice. The people with the least invested are the biggest critics. They don't help you do anything. But they want to cri- because somebody that's got a big investment, they're not going to criticize the work of God because they got a big investment there. Can you see that? Now if, if we run out of paper towels in the restroom, they might help you. They might give you a, a helpful suggestion. Pastor, they're out of paper towels in the rest, but they're not going to criticize It was about the money. So from this account in Mark 14, we can see the money myth clearly. From verse 3, what kind of perfume was this? Very expensive perfume. I mean, do you understand this is the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you understand this is the Son of the living God? Would you go down to CVS and buy some Old Spice and uh, pour on Jesus' head? This is the Son of God. This is the Savior of the world. From verses 4, 5, and 10, who was indignant and why? Some of those present, but especially Judas, they said it was a waste of money. Now, rather than this expensive perfume being wasted to anoint Jesus, Judas argued that it would have been better used had it been given to the poor. But remember what Jesus said. In verse 7, the poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. And you know, I know, everybody knows, except people in Washington, it doesn't matter how much money you give poor people, 12 months later, they are what? They're poor. Because if you give people money and their character does not change in 12 months, they're going to be back to where they were. But nobody stops to think about, maybe they need to be taught how to not be poor. Not being poor is easy. Tell your neighbor, not being poor is easy. Poor is easy. All you got to do is live your life in the right order and you have a 75% chance of not being poor. You know what that is? Don't have babies until marriage. Finish your, finish your high school degree. Amen. Get married, then have babies. All you got to do is follow those steps and you have a 75% chance of not being poor. But when did you ever hear a politician talk about this? Because the idea out here is, well, people ought to just be able to do whatever they want to do and have equal results. Well, that is stupidity. Somebody who saves money obviously is going to have more money than somebody who doesn't save money. Somebody who doesn't drink a Colt 45 every night after work and doesn't smoke a a carton of cigarettes a week obviously is going to have less money than somebody who doesn't drink and doesn't smoke. Somebody who doesn't use drugs is obviously going to have more money over the course of their lifetime than somebody who uses drugs. This is just common sense. From verse 5, how much in modern dollars would this perfume have been worth? More than a year's wages. From verse 8, the anointing was for what purpose? To anoint Jesus for burial. So over the course of all the history of mankind, how many times could such a gift have been given? Talk to me. Over the course of all the history of mankind, how many times could this gift have been given? Once. Once. If the perfume had been sold and the money given to the poor, what good would it have done for the poor on a long-term basis? None. And what does Jesus say in verse 7? The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them any time you want, but you will not always have me. So the money myth is fully revealed in verses 10 and 11. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the 12, went to the chief priest to betray Jesus to them. And this is a side journey or a side idea, not in the message, but for those of you in management, for those of you trying to prosper, for those of you trying to build a business, there's a truth here, and that is this. Only the people close to you can hurt you. That's That's why we don't have bodyguards. That's why we don't have chauffeurs. It's always the chauffeur that tells every, every preacher's business. It's always the bodyguard who tells everything. And there's nothing to tell about me except I might make a secret trip to a pizza parlor. But there's nothing to tell. (laughs) But the point is, the point is, it's only the people close to you that can hurt you. That's right. So wise men keep their circle small. And you don't cast your pearl before swine. You don't tell everybody what's going on in your life then judas iscariot one of the twelve went to the chief priest to betray jesus to them so when when everybody say when when did judas go to the chief priest to betray the son of man when envy and jealousy manifested themselves in his life so what was it really about it was about the money the religious leaders promised judas what they promised him what money it was about the money verse 11 They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. So he watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over. So what was it really about? It was about the money. Who went to the chief priest and why? Judas went to betray Jesus to sell him out. Did Judas go to the chief priest for some noble purpose? No. What was the purpose of Judas in going to the chief priest? What did Judas want from them? Money. Money, 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 money. Money is a test. That's all money is. And, And the more rightly you handle money, over time, the more money you have. And the more wrongly you handle money, over time, the less money you have. Money is a test. That's all money is. It's a tool like a hammer or a screwdriver. It can be used properly or it can be used improperly. This is why I speak of the money myth. All these religiously based complaints about money are simply bogus. All complaints about ministry money that could have been used for the poor are bogus. And all such complaints are based in greed, envy, and jealousy. What are the reasons could Judas have possibly had for betraying the Lord Jesus Christ? None. So at the end of the day, it's always about the money. 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 Pastor, what do you really think? It's always about the money. And the Lord, see, the, the less, it's not that you don't care about money, you care about money because money can be useful. Money's important. You know, my children will tell you when when they were growing up, man, I mean, I pounded it into them like forged steel. We give money and we spend money, but we do not waste money. And to this day, we're doing the same stuff. You wonder, you know, you wonder what's Pastor Gene doing on any given day? What's Pastor Gene doing? I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing. I'm going all around the house where Sue Lingerfeld's been and turned all the lights on, and I'm going all around the house and I'm turning them off. Am I telling the truth, sister? As you know, we spend money and we give money, but we do not waste money. Amen. This building's smart. So the heat, the air, the lights, all of it, when we leave, if, if nobody turns anything off, it all goes off. Amen. Because we give money, we spend money, but we do not waste money. So I'm not saying money is not important because money is important. What I'm saying is we don't, we don't fall down and worship it and, and we don't fawn over it and we don't suck up to get it. Amen. Because if we'll handle money right, the Lord will see to it. We get more. But if we handle money wrong, it's like the book of Hosea. We have holes in our pockets and somehow it just disappears. Amen. but there's this other thing this thing in faith and that is the less it matters somehow the faster it comes and that's, that's another level of faith now that didn't seem to work too well when we were 20 but I mean you know we give away massive amounts because we're blessed and it just, we, can't, we can't give it away fast enough we just keep pulling ahead it's crazy can't give it away fast enough because it keeps coming the blessing of the Lord and because I'm praying you understand because I'm praying I'm believing God and because uh, these billionaires aren't sending us any money whatsoever God's got to bless you to answer my prayers you're in the best place you could possibly be because I'm praying And I'm believing God. And so, because these billionaires aren't, I mean, you know, Hollywood people aren't sending us any money whatsoever. So God's got to bless you to answer me. Amen. 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 But one of the secrets of pulling ahead faster, further is to not chase it, but believe it in. I'm not talking about working. We got to work, but I'm saying it's a worship thing we can't be one of those people that worships money when someone complains about the way an evangelical ministry in America is using their money what is their real beef what are the motives for such complaints money they're mad about you having money my son and my son-in-law and daughter go to a well it's one of the probably one of the largest assembly of God churches in America James River. It's James River Assembly of God, but they don't call it, they they call it James River. And nicer people you could hardly come across. A lot tamer than me. I understand people can be offended at me, but John Lindell, he's just such a nice guy. But oh my gosh, when when they were doing their Christmas programs, The city of Ozark, Missouri, they were getting hundreds of calls, complaints about the church doing Christmas services and not requiring masks and not requiring social distancing. The church seats 5,500 people. If 5,500 people show up, it's kind of hard to stay six feet apart. And after, because my son-in-law is the deputy chief now, And he was put in charge of handling all these complaints. And after they got past the complaints about the number of people in no mask, you know what every caller went into? The money. It's about the money. So it's not really about the mask. It's not really about social distancing. It's about the money. And why did they put Jesus to death? The Jews were jealous of Jesus' crowds. So, of course, if somebody's going to some church with 35 people and and this Assembly of God church has got 10 Christmas services at 5,500 people a pop, it's the spirit of Judas. It's jealousy. It's just jealousy. It's just jealousy. And even though that's not a faith-based operation, You get 5,500 people 10 times and you get five bucks from each of them. It's a lot of money. Amen. Amen. So it's about the money. It's about success. It's about prosperity. That's the beef. That's the problem. That's the complaint. All right. So you see what the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has done. Well, if we would just be humble enough, they would leave us alone. Yeah. You know what it is now, brother? You were humble, and they didn't leave you alone. Now you're closed. That's right. You were so humble, now you ain't got no church meeting. But we're just crazy, and we just keep trucking. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's about the money. My mom and dad showed up for Christmas one time, and the first brand-new car we ever bought was a 1991 BMW 325 convertible. Uh, a kid ran into Sue on the Fielder Road Bridge, rear-ended her at 50 miles an hour, and wiped that car out. So we bought our first brand-new car. We were 35 years old. And, you know, i drive my old car. Then I'd drive Sue's brand-new car, and I thought, well, man, that, that, that can't, that, that's just not going to hold up. And so I went out and got me a brand new one. My dad and mom came for Christmas and they said, Do you really need two of those? Well, if they weren't dead already, if they came to my house this afternoon, they would, they would fall out dead. Because they'd say, Well, do you really need seven of those? Yeah just buy what I want. Amen. When they need to get fixed, I get rid of them. So at the end of the day, it's always about the money. That's why you'll hear us say you've got to get your heart right on the issue of money. If your heart isn't right on money, your heart isn't right. Tell your neighbor, if your heart isn't right on money, your heart isn't right. Tell the neighbor on the other side, if your heart isn't right about money, Your heart isn't right. Now, if you think I've rocked your world, we haven't even gotten started rocking your world. Let's go to John's gospel and look at it in John's gospel, chapter 12, verse 4. John 12, 4, but one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief as keeper of the money bag. He used to help himself to what was put into it. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief as keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. All right, think about, think about these cities like the one I grew up in, Detroit. Think about Detroit. Think about Baltimore. Think about Minneapolis. Think about Chicago. All the billions and billions and billions of dollars to help the poor. Who do you think really got rich? Talk to me. Who got rich? The politicians. The poor are an industry. Are you hearing me, church? The poor are an industry we do more for the poor when we get somebody saved and teach them the word of God than all the welfare money in the world and you know what the best cure for poverty is talk to me what is the best cure for poverty a job not a handout so what was Judas he was a thief Say it out loud. Another term for faith critic is hypocrite. In light of verse 6, why did Judas protest this waste? Waste. He was a thief. So what did Judas really care about? The poor or was that bogus? That was bogus. He didn't care about the poor. He was just a, a, a thief. He was what? He was a thief. Money was his thing. John 12 7 leave her alone Jesus replied it was intended that she should now look at the word in the the gospel of John it was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial you will always have the poor among you but you will not always have me so did Jesus say in verse 7 this perfume was wasted or saved do you get it Judas said it was wasted Jesus said it was saved it's not what you keep That is saved. Ah. It's not what you keep that is saved. It's what you give into the gospel that is saved. So did Jesus say this perfume was wasted or saved? It was saved. In the giving it was saved. So don't roll over for people just because they criticize your tithing. Don't roll over for people just because they criticize your car. Don't roll over for people just because they criticize your house. Don't roll over for people just because they criticize your husband or your wife. Don't roll over for people just because they criticize your children. And for heaven's sake, don't roll over for people just because they criticize your pastor. You know, I, I aspire to be as wealthy as the rabbis. In Mark 10, 28, Peter said to Jesus, We have left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields and with them persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. So the blessing of the Lord brings persecution. Say it out loud. The blessing of the Lord brings persecution. And you know what else? Prosperity has its enemies. Say it out loud. Prosperity has its enemies. And you know what else? Success has its enemies. Say it out loud. Success has its enemies. telling you I grew up with it I know exactly what I'm talking about there was a uh, my dad's partner in the Ford dealership that he was uh, a part owner of he had uh, two children Uh, the daughter was older than the son was younger the son was two years older than me and over the course of time the older daughter got pregnant they were Roman Catholic they didn't abort it she had the baby. A few years later, she married a dentist, and they, they, they built a house. They didn't buy a house. They built a house in the neighborhood where my mom and dad lived, which is the second nicest, was the second nicest neighborhood in Cincinnati. And every time we went past that, every time, every time we went past that, my dad would have some horrible comment to say about her and the dumb dentist that married her and the house they lived in. I grew up with this. I grew up with this. See, if you can't be happy for somebody, your heart's not right. If you can't be happy for somebody else finding a great husband, if you can't be happy for somebody else finding a great wife, if you can't be happy for somebody else having a baby, and don't be one of these people going to grocery stores and criticizing people because of how many children they have. That's satanic. If you can't be happy for somebody because they got a a great job, if you can't be happy for somebody because they got a a great year-end bonus, if you can't be happy for somebody because they got a new car, there's something wrong with your heart. There's something wrong with your heart. And if you haven't figured it out, the world's never going to cheerlead us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. They're against us. So the only people that are going to cheerlead us on are, are us. Right. So when you can't be happy for somebody else, there's something wrong with you. That's right. There's something wrong with your heart. That's right. It was about the money. And he sold out the son of God for 30 pieces of silver. Now, I don't know how big a piece of silver was in those days, but let's say it was an ounce. The last time I looked, I think silver was worth about 15 bucks. So what is that? For $450, he sold out the Son of God. Then he felt so bad about it, he found a tree, and he stretched up the rope, and he took a knife, and he cut his bowels open, and he hung himself. And he's been in hell for 2,000 years and he hasn't even gotten started. And David Wilkerson used to teach that hell is what hell is because it is like a loop of all the wrong we did and it's like a loop of all the opportunities we had To do what's right. So think about it. All this time, 2,000 years in hell, Judas, it has been replaying for him like a video loop all the time he spent with Jesus, all the teachings of Jesus that he heard, all the miracles of Jesus that he saw, and then meeting with the Sadducees and and the Pharisees and the chief priests and selling Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. And, and that's been going over and over and over and over in him for 2,000 years, and he hasn't even gotten started, and it was all about the money. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. And the thing that really upsets people You could be a visitor here this morning and you're really upset because of this message. You know what really upsets people? When they find out their God is my servant. Their God is my servant. I mean, to me, it's like something I walk on because here just in a little bit, I will be walking on it. I'll be walking on streets of gold. It's nothing to be worshipped. It's a tool, like a hammer or a saw. It's an instrument, but it's nothing to be worshipped. And everything that's wrong with America, it's about the money. Why did they lock down? It's about the money. Destroy the little guy, destroy the little business, make Amazon richer. a real evil when men want to control other human beings Amen. greed is an evil envy is an evil jealousy 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 and that's what all this is all this criticism like what was going on there in Ozark Missouri with James River Assembly of God look if your mask protects you why do I need to wear one If your vaccine protects you, why do I need to get one? And you don't have to worry about me social distancing because if you want to stay away from me, well, I want to stay away from you. Reciprocity, baby. I'm just saying, it is, none of it's about health. It is about controlling other human beings. How dare, how dare you go to church? How dare you not wear a mask? How dare you not get a vaccine? How dare? What, it's, just, it's just, it's the evil of men. And I'm not preaching against vaccines. If you want to go get 20 of them. Uh, but you know, I've got immunity from it. And because I'm a child of 1955, I know that if I've had it and beat it, I don't need a vaccine. And if the Lord can't protect me, he doesn't need me. Brothers and sisters, I have not seen nor ear heard what the Lord has in store for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. If you would stop hanging on to the little coin With clenched fist. And if you would obey God, first the written word of God, and then the leading of the Holy Spirit, if the Lord tarries, I gotta say, if the Lord tarries, because this takes time, there's no telling where God could take you. There's no telling where God could take you. But when you hang on, when you put that fist around that nickel, you can hang on to that nickel. And you know what you're going to have in a half hour? A nickel. You know what you're going to have in seven days? A nickel. You know what you're going to have in five years? A nickel. But when you take that as a seed and you sow it, and you can do this in the natural. You can do this in the natural. It's called investing. You take your nickel and you put it under your mattress. What are you going to have in five years? a nickel but if you take your nickel and you put it in a company that's growing well it could be ten nickels but it won't be one but when you take it and you give it to God he'll multiply it that's what the miracles of the loaves and the fishes are all about when you don't have enough stop talking about what you don't have tell your neighbor stop talking about what you don't have Now stop talking about what you don't have and take what you do have, get started and put it in the hands of God let God multiply. And when you see God bless your brother, when you see God bless your sister, don't talk bad about them, don't criticize them. You be grateful. And, And you be happy for them that God has blessed them. And don't let there be any jealousy in you. Amen. Don't let there be any envy in your heart. Did you know that coveting your neighbor's goods is a violation of one of the Ten Commandments? This right here knocks out Bernie Sanders and socialism. It's a violation of the word of God. It is a sin to covet your neighbor's stuff. And when you're jealous of your neighbor's wife, or you're jealous of your neighbor's husband, or you're jealous of your neighbor's car, or you're jealous of your neighbor's job, or you're jealous of your neighbor's income, you're covetous. And there's no point in being covetous. All you got to do, how about going to school on them, find out what they did, and then do what they did. Then you'll get what they got.
0: Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.